Welcome to the Poitras Ponderings Podcast, where we pause, ponder, and project. Why not grab a coffee or a Diet Coke or a Christian drink of your choice and head for your favorite recliner? If you happen to be driving for the safety of our listeners and everyone else on the road, please keep your hand on the steering wheel and we'll travel this journey together. And by the way, if you haven't given this podcast a five-star rating, now's a great time. God bless. have some bad news today. I'm flying solo. My co-host Melinda launched her very own podcast this past week. It's called He Said, She Said about books and bros. But I don't want you to worry. We haven't had a podcast division. Rather, we've had a podcast multiplication. And she'll be back very soon, I promise. And other members of the Poitras Ponderings podcast family will also be with me too. And it's time to pause, ponder, and project. If you could define my life with one word, who I am, what I do, what would that one word be? The word is teach. I'm a teacher, and uh, teachers give tests. And one of the greatest motivators in the classroom is when you say to your students, this will be on the test. The textbooks fling open, highlighters are pulled out, and people start paying attention. So let's take the motivation one step further Clear your desk or your steering wheel. No, keep your hands on that steering wheel. Close your books if the books are open. This is a test. I don't think this test was really original with me. I think at least some parts of the test came from a book by a great teacher called Howard Hendricks. But I'm going to share this test with you today, and it's going to start off very easy. Let's go ahead and play a game of opposites. Now, I'm listening very carefully to you, and so I'll listen to what you have to say and uh, also tell you whether or not that's correct or incorrect. What is the opposite of up? Right, down. What is the opposite of boy? You've got it, girl. What is the opposite of right? You're absolutely right. The opposite of right is wrong. What is the opposite of God? So many people would say that the devil is the opposite of God, but God doesn't really have an opposite. He's everywhere present. He's nowhere absent. He's all-powerful. He's all-seeing. 
Let's go on with the test now that you're warmed up. True or false? Practice makes perfect. Most people would agree, but it's actually false because if you practice the wrong thing in the wrong way, you'll only become perfect at being wrong. What about this one? You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, that's actually false because number one, I'm not trying to teach old dogs. And no matter how old you are as an individual, the pandemic has proven that we can teach new things and new tricks. Here's another question. What is the opposite of biblical ignorance? What's that I heard you say? Biblical knowledge? No. Biblical intelligence? No. Good try. Biblical literacy? Mm, very good try, but still no. The opposite of biblical ignorance is biblical obedience. For he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So the opposite of biblical ignorance is when we biblically obey what God's word tells us. Okay, here's the final question for this portion of the test. True or false? There is nothing new under the sun. I asked that question recently to my team. Someone answered that, yes, it was true because it's in God's word. There's nothing new under the sun. Is it true or false? Taken from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number one and verse number nine. Who has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. The New International Version when you read through the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, you need to remember that you are finding an author, a man, Solomon, who is writing the book of Ecclesiastes at the end of his life. And he's presenting a very naturalistic view and version of life. Uh, he sees it only through or distinctly through human eyes and he ultimately recognizes the rule and the reign of God in the world. But when you look at Ecclesiastes, what you are looking at is someone that is moving from one point to another. What you're looking at in Ecclesiastes is an earthbound perspective. All is vanity. Everything is utterly meaningless. You're looking at a man who went through life desiring to find the meaning of life and the purpose of life. Nothing new under the sun. So is it true or false? Well, yes and no. First of all, it is part of God's word, but you need to understand the circumstances that prevailed when those scriptures were written. For example, there is nothing new under the sun. That's true. But the God that you and I serve, he doesn't only live under the sun, he lives above the sun, and he can give us a heavenward perspective on life, a heaven-bound perspective on life. 
consider some of these scriptures. First of all, Acts chapter 7, verse 49. He said, heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse number 24. Can a, uh, can a man hide himself in hiding places so I do not see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill the heavens and the earth, declares the Lord? Proverbs 15, verse number 3. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, watching the evil and the good. Matthew 18, 20. For we're... Two or three are gathered together in my name. I am there in the midst. So he is above the sun. He's also below the sun. Psalm chapter 139, verse 9 and 10. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Psalm chapter 113, verse number 4. The Lord is high above the nations. He's above the sun. He's above the nations. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. Scripture says in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1, in the beginning, God. Flipping over to the New Testament, remembering back to my days of Bible quizzing and being a coach, looking at John chapter 1, verses number 1 to 3, it says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were created by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So every time that someone is born again, there is something new that is happening under the sun, and all heaven is rejoicing that and celebrating that. We're made in God's image. God is a creator. So he allows us to use our creativity according to his image to do great things for him. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse number 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. We're, we are brand new in Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Because he is the creator, he can also enable us to come up with new ideas as we live under the sun. So is it true that there is nothing new under the sun? What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. In case you haven't been able to discern it so far in this Poitras Ponderings podcast, where we pause, ponder, and project, my premise specifically, and without any form of diplomacy or disguise, is this. My friend, you can create something new. You can do something new for the Lord. You don't have to be a copycat of someone else's ministry, someone else's church. You don't need to waste your wilderness 
you need to go ahead and take those experiences that you have received from the pandemic and you can learn things from them that will push you forward, catapult you forward to be used of the Lord in brand new ways. It's happened before. It can happen again. The Lord can use you after the pandemic. One of the key words after the pandemic will be this, the word unprecedented. It means that it's never been done before. It's been never been known before. It's never been experienced before. It's the new normal. Joshua chapter 3, verses 3 to 4 say, or says, that ye may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. So it's important as a leader to know the way, show the way, and go the way. According to the message, it says, make sure you keep proper distance between you and it, about half a mile. Be sure now to keep your distance, and you'll see clearly the route to take. You've never been on this road before. Maybe that's where social distancing came into being. So it's unprecedented. There will be new challenges. There will be new opportunities. There will be new victories. There will be new defeats. There will be new trials that come our way. It'll be unprecedented. We've never come this way before. We've never experienced this before. One of the patriarchs of the United Pentecostal Church of Ghana used to say, this too shall pass. So I often consider in a conversation that there is that issue of the day that will soon pass. Scripture says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Another translation says, when you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in the rough waters, you will not go down. You won't drown. So the key word in those scriptures, key words would be pass through. You see, but life involves more than what happens under the sun. It also involves what is happening above the sun. When you get to the end of the book of Acts, it closes with this particular phrase, no man forbidding him. So in reality, it ends with a single word or a single phrase. We will be unhindered, unpreventable, we will be unstoppable. It will be unprecedented. For upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Hell cannot stop the church. The gates are designed to keep the great things in and the bad things out of that particular area. So we live in unprecedented times, but we will be unhindered and we'll be unstoppable. Because life is a test. We don't get to go back. We don't have to go back. We do get to go further. The word said, For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse number 11. I hope you got that. He wants to give you an expected end. His expected end for your life is that you will do unprecedented things for his kingdom and for his glory and honor as you pause, ponder, and project.
that's it for this week's episode of the Portress Ponderings podcast. Please join us again next week for another exciting and informative episode. Thank you for listening.